I love scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Here it goes. Down to my belly. Mm -mm. And we're live here on Facebook. And uh, and uh, welcome to the, all those listening in podcast land. How you doing today, Rich? Doing good. Like a uh, little bummed that I uh, didn't get to go down to Brimfield, Illinois, as it's uh, opening day for the uh, Brimfield baseball. Uh, so I didn't get to see my nephews play baseball today. Uh, but uh, at the same time, wife's feeling a little under the weather. So uh, we're playing it safe and uh, taking care of her today. That's over the weekend. A, that's always the right call to do. Make sure you take yeah. it take it safe and keep people healthy. So Yeah. Um Yeah, so go Brimfield. Uh wear it repping the uh the Brimfield Braves t shirt today. Nice. So uh hopefully we'll get to see uh game two. Games two or three, hopefully uh later on in the year. And I got the uh I got the Esterville Midgets. Repping representing local this week, huh? Yeah. So, so how are things going up in uh, Esterville? You know, we're doing all right. Baby's starting to sleep a little bit more. Danielle's Good. feeling better and not all at the same time, but she's doing all right. But yeah, doing great. Um, and taking care of taking care of business. So, um, before we get into well, before we do our normal thing, we do. Uh, let's get into. Let's talk about our headline topics. Uh, the NASCAR corner, as always, we'll be talking about uh, the Bushy Bick Bush race uh, and uh, previewing this week's race. Uh, we also have baseball stuff to talk about. Lots of lots of lots of lots of stuff to talk about with baseball. Um, man, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Going to be a big show with baseball. Uh, Rich, uh, what are your two big topics you want to talk about? We'll we'll get into the last few topics uh i mean we have a bunch of topics later on yeah yeah so we're going to be uh talking about the nhl kind of revisiting our preseason picks and we'll give you our pre-postseason picks as the stanley cup playoffs will start uh next week we'll start next week before our show before our show goes on air next week and we'll maybe kind of wrapping up about the nfl draft by both mike and i giving you our feel-good story of the draft, as well as recapping the Kentucky Derby. And we also have some quick hits, but we'll get to those at the end of the show. So, Mike, do you see what's coming up? What do we need to do next? Well, Rich, I need to let my iPad load so that I can roll the intro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa. This is Balls and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rich. Okay, we're back. Okay, Rich. Um, so, uh, before we get into this really big show, let's talk about our poll question. Remember the Titans versus Sandlot? Man, this was a close close matchup. Uh, I, I'm sad the way that it went. But I, I respect the people. Yeah, I, I think the people made the right call. Remember the Titans, that's where I went. And I think it's, I fully agree with the people. And I think it's the better movie between the two. You're just happy that Sandlot didn't win. Because you're sick of Sandlot being the best movie out there. Even though you know it's true, it is the better of the movies. It's okay. You guys spoke. Uh, we're going to listen to what you people said. Even though you're wrong. Uh, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna let remember the Titans move on. Yes, we will. Hey, you, so um, you just get, so you, I know you just don't. I mean, I know you enjoy Remember the Titan or Sandlot. I know you like it as a movie overall. I just think you're annoyed with how much it wins in our tournaments, and you're just happy that this year something else is winning. Nope, the Sandlot is not in my top five of baseball movies. Rich. Really? Nope. nope. We've already discussed what those five movies are. The Sandlot does not make my cut of top five baseball movies. I didn't. Say, I was. I wasn't bringing up the fact that they weren't in your top five. I was saying you I still know. enjoy the movie, but if you don't enjoy it, that's fine. No, no, I, I do enjoy it. I just like other baseball movies more. Because you're wrong. So that's why it's always surprised me when the Sandlot wins out of when we've put it up against 
in my opinion, better baseball movies. But That's all. Okay. Uh, this week's poll question already went live. Uh, we're doing a little bit later of a show today. For those that are uh, that, that were looking for us at 1030, we apologize. Uh, we had some family stuff we had to take care of, so it, that's why we're doing a close to a 130 show. Um, but, you know, you're going to still get the same information, and we're not, we didn't miss out on anything. So uh, the poll that went live today, Rich, what is it? Our last first round matchup, matchup, which will be number five overall, Happy Gilmore, versus our number twelve seed, When We Were Kings. Yeah, I don't even remember When We Were Kings. What one is that one again? Uh, that was the movie about the Foreman Ali fight in uh, in oh, Africa, yeah, yeah, the Rumble yeah, 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 in the Jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It won our not. It won our boxing movie category once we took out because we chose to separate Rocky from the from that group of movies. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, Rich, do you see what's coming up ahead? Is it a left turn? It yes, it is. And do you see what's after that? Probably another left turn. Why? Because we're heading into the NASCAR corner. Presented today by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, East Moline, Illinois. Okay, so uh, first things first, as always, we have our fantasy NASCAR shout out that we have to give. Uh, last week's race was won by you, Rich. You did a good job, but you tied. Solomon. Solomon did a great job, yeah. too. Uh, Tony in the Funk House came in third, and I came back to my normal spot of fourth. Yep. Overall standings, I lead the group with a score of 1985. The Funk House is second with 1926. Dupo, Solomon is third with uh, 1768. And Mike, you're bringing up the rear with 1617. Going into... Uh, the Goodyear 400 at Darlington Raceway this Sunday. Uh, but before we talk about the Darlington race, we got to give you a recap of the Bushy McBush race. By the way, your points, 400 your points from are, Kansas. I, I love your points. You, you can't get any more points the rest of the year. <laughs> That's my birth year, bro. Mm. Yeah, so the Bushy McBush race. Uh, Rich, did you get to watch it? Yeah, I, I watched, um, we were out, my wife and I were out doing some yard work, so I watched the third stage of the race. I got through most of the, got to see the end of the race, where uh, it wasn't a good race day, it wasn't a good ending to the race in my house, as Kyle Busch was the race winner, a driver my wife just hates. So she wasn't too happy to see Kyle Busch win the race. Um, and Mike, you picked up another point on me as your pick of Chase Elliott came in fifth, mine of William Byron came in ninth, extending your lead to nine to two. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I zoned out there for a second. Yeah, um, I got to watch most of the race. Uh, you know, NASCAR napping it up. You sleep when the baby sleeps, Rich. If you guys, yep. if such, when you guys have a baby... Uh, sleep when the baby sleeps. That's of course. rule number one. So yeah, we we were taking a NASCAR nap through half of it, and we saw parts and bits and pieces. But I did see Kyle Busch win. You know, the guy is good. I don't deny that. I I too think he's a little arrogant and uh, not a big fan of his. But he's he's a decent driver. So this week we are heading into the Wayback Machine. As we go back to the throwback race at Darlington Motor Speedway for the good That's year, right. 400. All right, Mike, any fantasy advice before we give our picks to win? Old school guys. Old school guys. And that doesn't mean okay. that they're guys that are veterans. That doesn't mean that you look for you look for guys that race like old schoolers. Um Guys like, and I'm not, I you know, uh, I like Chase Bisco and uh, William Byron. Those two guys, um, 
they're old school over oval drivers. Uh, they've come up through the ranks, put their time in. Uh, might not be names that you know real well, but they're guys that uh, that, that can get it done out there. Look for them uh, to uh, to have good races this week, um, as well as the guy that I picked, and I'll let you know who that is in just a second. All right, he's not my pick to win by any by any measure. But another guy I think I, that you should keep in mind when it, when uh, making up your fantasy lineup, Tyler Reddick, mm. guy that likes to ride the high end of the oval, and I think that's going to be key due to uh, tire wear at this race. He is in my uh, in my starters, so good good call on that one. Um, so Rich, uh, even though I have the lead, we both we made our picks already. Who are you picking for this race? I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. He's had good speed. He just hasn't had a chance to get to be the lap, to be the lead car on that last lap yeah. to make it across the finish line. So I think tonight's the day. And uh, so I, I think he's going to get the win in the Joe Gibbs Sports Clip Sports Clips card this week. Yeah, I went with Austin Dillon. All um, right, Austin Dillon. He, he runs like an old schooler, so good to... Okay. Yeah. I, I do like that pick of Austin Dillon. He, he's got good track history at Darlington, so I, I think that's a good pick as well, Mike. Uh, anything else before we let the cars go off the track? To finish out the NASCAR corner presented by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, East Moline, Illinois. Uh, let's go ahead and let him run one more green flag lap. <laughs> Okay, heading over and continuing to make left turns, let's head to the baseball diamond where we're going to spend some time, folks. We got lots to talk about. Um, man, all sorts of stuff to talk about. So, uh, first, you want to do our normal segment, the Cubs Week in Review? Yes. So, the Cubs did way better than we thought they would this week as they went five and one from show to show and that also included a sweep of the world series champion la dodgers yeah that surprised the, the hey howdy hey out of me yeah i mean one of them was a i mean with two of those games being extra inning victories as well coming from behind in extra innings. Um, two of them were extra innings but two of them were also a double play, so they were shortened. They were seven innings. So one of the seven innings was extended into extra innings. Which made it a regular nine-inning game, but still. It's, so it's a nine-inning game. They still came back. They still had the comeback, come up with clutch hits to win those two two out of three of the ball games with, um, with the Dodgers. And the way that they handled game one against Kershaw was just... I was oh, yeah. amazed. Oh, yeah. Chasing Kurt, putting up that many runs against Kershaw, and him not even making it out of the second inning was quite impressive. In my opinion. The shortest outing he's ever had in his major league career. How about that? Yeah. And I think, wasn't it, was it yesterday's game where they scored, where they, they beat Pittsburgh – and all of their runs were scored on on singles, no extra base hits. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. Um, the first double came in the top of the ninth for either team in that game. How about that? Yeah, they're winning all different ways. It's great to see Ross kind of preaching that small ball and you don't always have to knock it out of the park yeah good to see um in fact uh something that i forgot to bring up but uh listening to don't hassle us we're local they talked about um there was a poll put out there of what fans enjoy watching and what do you think the number one offensive play that fans like is I think I remember hearing something about this, but I, I'm going to say the number one. I would say a double. I think it was a. Tr- it w- it might have been a double. It was a double or triple. 
Mm-hmm. I think it was a triple because it's the excitement of is he going to make it on those that tend to be those extra long running mm-hmm. issues. Second was a double. Third was a stolen base. And fourth, a home run. I can agree with that. I, I really can. I can agree with those with those choices. A home run. I mean, because really the only thing with a home run that makes it so big is if it, maybe it's a game-winning home run or if it's a really long one. Yeah. That's what makes them exciting. But I would rather see doubles in the gap or going to extra bases, even trying to try stretch what would normally be a double into a triple. Yep. More than a home run. Wholeheartedly agree. It's been, I mean... I I like that. I think it's great. Um, and then uh, another article I read talked about exit velocity and how um, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, his, he has the highest a- average exit velocity of anybody in the major leagues right now at 99.2 miles an hour or something like that. Okay? All right. Do you know what his average ground ball exit velocity is? No, I don't. What's that? 98 miles an hour. Going to show you that your exit velocity, making as big of a deal of it as we have been over the last, what, five years? Ten years, maybe? Mm -hmm. It really doesn't make that much of a difference. Because a 98 miles an hour ground ball versus a 99 average miles an hour home run the difference there isn't that much it doesn't really make that big of a difference so something to think about yeah um all right so, so uh, the cubs now are at 16 and 16 with uh they are third in the division however two games back so uh last week we were painting at the bottom hanging out down there or no, was it midweek we were painting at the bottom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, midweek. Midweek we're toward the bottom. Yeah. And then now we're up at the top again. Well, we're in third, so. Well, we're in the middle. Yeah, we're in, we're the, in middle. the middle. Uh, next week they have two games versus Pirates, including one starting in like two minutes, right? Uh, yep. Or just started. Um, we have two games versus the Indians in Cleveland, and we have a game in Detroit next Friday versus the Tigers. Rich, how do you think we're going to do this week? Well, well, let's see. We, we It seems to be the team kind of goes in, a, goes in a rut of a bad week, good week, good week back to a bad week. But with the teams that they're playing, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit, hmm, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll go three and two. I'm, I'm gonna go. Three go and two. I'm gonna go four and one. Okay. Four and one. I'm gonna do it. And the one loss is gonna be against Pittsburgh. By the way. Because Pittsburgh never goes away. They fight. Well, not just they that, fight. but it's a three-game series. Sweeping a three-game series is a lot more difficult than a two-game series. So. And we won yesterday. So. Um, okay. So. Where do you want to start on the next step? You want to just go in the order that we have it up there? Yeah. Okay. Let's just go in the order. Yeah. Um, John Means, not perfect. No hitter. Rich, tell the people about this story. Well, John Means pitched a no hitter. He did. But the only thing that made not that did not make it a perfect game is a dropped third strike, which allowed the runner to advance to get the first base that happened in the third inning of that game. And that that's supposedly according to the Elias sports bureau is the first time that has ever happened in major league history. I can believe it. I'm surprised that, and, and this is just a scoring thing for me that a, a, a strike, a drop strike three is not an error. I believe they classified it as a wild pitch. Oh, Okay. So it was not it, an error. It was scored it, as a wild pitch. If it would have been a pass ball? 
Maybe it was a pass ball. It was a pass ball or wild pitch, one of the two. But if it's a pass ball, isn't it on the catcher? So that technically is an error. Like, so folks, this gets into the to the verbiage of baseball, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're talking verbiage of baseball and and the nuances therein. A wild pitch is something the pitcher screws up on. A pass ball is a issue with the catcher. Now, I don't believe a pass ball counts as a um, as a error per se, but I would think it should personally. What do you think? Um, they did say it was a wild pitch. I just okay. looked it up. It was a classified as a wild pitch. Okay, that's how it was scored. But I, I agree. If it's a dropped third strike, that should count. That should not count against the pitcher. It should be on the catcher. A wild pitch. But either can, way, if, a wild pitch, I can give you. Counts against the pit against the the pitcher. A wild pitch should count against the pitcher. Um, a no, uh, a a pass ball or a issue with the batter not not getting it correctly, or the catcher not getting it correctly. Um, I think that would be a, a case where I would make the argument that it's not a uh, that it's a error. Yeah, but still a great game pitched by Means. Um, I think I was picking up our um, picking up some food from uh, from Rudy's, and they had mm. the game on at the. Why you got to tease uh, me like that, Rich? You know uh, I can't get my Rudy's. Huh? Now I want Rudy's. Sorry. You better bring but, some you know, I was watching. They had the game on the. T- they had the game on the t- on TV, and so I did get to see the final out of the game uh, while I was waiting to get rung up for my uh, my takeout order. Wow. For uh, Cinco de Mayo. That is an exciting. That's exciting. Um, we had another no hitter on Friday. You did. Wade Miley of the Cincinnati Reds threw a no hitter last night, and. Sean Manaya of the A's flirted with a perfect game through seven. He went perfect through, I think, seven and a third innings before he allowed a double and the run Ugh. by by the Rays. And the odd thing is, is the A's end up losing that game as well to the Rays, two to yeah. one. That's just a, that's got to be a, a hard loss for a pitcher like Manaya or for the pitcher throwing a perfect game for that long and you still and you're the one that ends up with the loss yeah my favorite my favorite play of the week is our next story go ahead mike we love talking about well bunt against the shift pull against the shift push against the shift whatever you have to do do something to disrupt the shift right you and i love talking about that Mm mm-hmm yeah, Glaber Torres decided to to do something about that. What do you do, Mike? So he scored on an infield single from first base. Yes, he was running on the play to get to get the second base. Yep, to keep from the force out. Yep, and you notice there's nobody covering third. So what's he do? Take third. And and when he takes third, the catcher's like, well, somebody's got to get there. So he runs over to get there. And guess what? Home plate's vacated. So what's he do? He goes Keeps and going. takes home plate. The man scores from first on a ground ball that ended up being a single. In a way that, I mean... I called and said I, I called in to, to Don Haslos yesterday um, and said that this is what this is what it is and, and this is how you get out of the double play and they, they said, Well, yeah, but guys weren't playing defense correctly. The problem that I have with that type of a statement is you can now go on YouTube and once a month at least something like this happens where a guy gets at least an extra base from doing from the shift. The shift is, I mean, it's just opening them up for this. So good job, Glaber Torres. I am, I hate the Yankees. 
but I'm happy this happened. Um, speaking of hating the Yankees, there's a team I hate more. You won't say the name, so I will, Mike. The Houston Astros. The Asterix? They took a... Sure, why not? They took a lot of heckling going into Yankee Stadium um, this week. A lot. Like, to the point where... Uh, I don't know how they were able to use any of the crowd noise mics when Altuve came up to bat at all. Now, they only have 10,000 people. 10,000 people in there. But did you hear the recordings of uh, of the first time Altuve came up? And every time I he came not. up? I did not. F. Altuve. Wow. F. Altuve. Except they said the whole word. Oh, they, they let it fly. Good on them. I'm yeah. not a. I don't like using those types of words, but I might have. I might have let it fly on that at that game at that time. Like if I would have been there, I would have let it fly. I would have. I would have. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, I think my favorite clip that I saw was that somebody in the right field bleachers brought a blow up trash can. Yeah. The so so obviously the Yankee Stadium security came down and got it. So he's running after the usher that took it for him. And as he's going up the stairs, calling to the usher, man, hey, give it, me, give it back to me, give it back to me. Guy, didn't even know him, like three rows up, throws out throws out a beer into his line of sight as he's going up the stairs, grabs it, keeps going. <laughs> Good job. So he got a free Bud Light out of it. So <laughs> Good. I mean, yeah, no, it's great. Um, the One of the other things that I've seen is Altuve as Oscar the Grouch. Yep. Signs. Yep, Those are time. good, folks. Keep these going. Um, every uh, one of our favorite shows, uh, outside from Don't Hassle Us, we're local, which we support because they're local and they support us. Um, is the Dan Patrick Show? I believe they're making trash can koozies. Trash can koozies. I want a trash can koozie <laughs> so bad. So, yeah, but I guess the heckling has gotten so bad that I think in the opening series, the manager, Dusty Baker, was calling for fans, hey, enough's enough already. Let let, 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 let the guys play. Let it go. Enough's Where enough. Now the team, we yeah, didn't get to do this team, last year. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't. I'm half but tempted now, when, they're play, when they play up in Minneapolis to go up there just to stand outside and yell FL2 Bay. But now, go ahead, Rich. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess they mean, I think that they they were probably going to get the worst of it from the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Because the Yankees probably suffered the most out of all the teams, maybe them and the Dodgers. They play the Dodgers I this think. year, so it'll be. They do. Yeah, so they're going to get it there, too. Yeah, so we're going to see, but I guess they filed a formal complaint to MLB about excessive heckling. Is that going to – exactly. Is that going to solve the Sorry, problem folks. or is that going to make it For worse? you listening on the podcast, I just put my hand up and did the world's smallest violin playing My Heart Bleeds for You. Cry me a river. You guys cheated. You guys won a World Series by cheating. Now, I understand that Altuve is, like, basically the only guy left anymore. No, um, Bregman and uh, Michael Brant. Oh, okay. So we have three guys left. For the hitter, hitters wise, we're still on the. There were prominent members of the team. Correa was on the team too. Yeah. So, but those are like the main stars right. that were on that team. I right. think the only guy that left was uh, George Springer. Okay. George Springer and uh, Carlos Beltran. So, either way, fine. We, but I thought Correa wasn't with the team either. No, Correa was with the team. I thought during he, that World Series, I thought year. he left though. I thought he was doing something else nowadays. No, no, George Springer left, and uh, Carlos Beltran was their DH, and now he's out of baseball because the Mets fired him as their manager because of all this. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I, I, that's not going to do. I think that's going to make matters worse. Yeah. Than, than than better. Yeah. No, I don't. I. What's what's the MLB gonna do? Tell the other tell the the home teams they can't have fans in the stands anymore. That's the opposite of what the MLB wants to do right now. You're gonna get in trouble for your fans making fun of your players. 
grow up. None of these guys have apologized, have they? No, I don't think they have. And in fact, some of them did the the Lance Armstrong thing where he took a picture of him laying under his jerseys. They took pictures of their rings and tweeted it out and said, we still got it. Pictures of the banners. They still get to say, nothing has been done against them. I say F. Altuve. Let yeah, it. I, I mean, yeah, I think at this point, you either you just need to embrace it. And you know what? If you want to stop them from heckling you, outplay them. Get the home runs. Get those big hits to yeah. just shut the fans up if you're tired of getting heckled and booed. Yeah. When, when, you're, when you're in your first couple at-bats, make them just embrace it. Embarrass the other team. Make the other team yep. look like fools. Play like you're the best team in baseball without having to bang on a trash can to get give each other the signs. Prove that it wasn't a fluke. Maybe that might help you out. But other than that, I don't care. Yeah. And and guys playing right. and, and teams playing beanball with them, good on them. Good on them. So, uh, other big news in baseball. Do you want to save the the biggest news, or do you want to go to the uh, the White Sox first? Well, we'll go to the White Sox first. As uh, Tony Larusa, man, I guess great did not of... know about the rules of extra innings that allows you that if the pitcher was technically in the batter spot that made the last out going into the extra innings that you can now that you could place the batter that made the proceeding out uh, in front of the pitcher's spot as the designated as I like to call him the ghost runner on second base instead of the pitcher Tony LaRusa didn't know that so he trotted out his closer Liam Hendricks who has probably never run the bases in his major league career being a relief pitcher. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess he's 112 years old and has never played with international rules. Yeah, the, the Chicago media was just having a field day with this. Just... This is just another example of how how out of touch Tony Tony Larusa is with the with today's game of baseball, and somebody needs to talk about somebody needs to get in Reinsdorf's ear and say, hey, it, it's time to let him go. It's time to let him go, or maybe force Larusa to say that, you know what, I need to step away from the game. Yeah. Um, I part of me tends to agree but part of me says this is a random thing that just started last year that is not anything that uh, actually it would not have been a factor last year because last year they played with the universal DH so oh, it would yeah, not yeah. have come up last year Yeah. so this is maybe the first time you maybe had you had a spot where the pitcher technically would have been the last person in the batting order because of a double switch. And how does how does one of his guys not tell him? That's where I think a lot of the media was coming from. All right, like I don't you mind. You mean to tell me that that it's one thing to say you know what I didn't know the rules. Thanks for telling me about that. Yeah. But how is to say that your bench coach, your base coach, your other coaches on your staff? didn't know about that yeah i don't <laughs> and say hey you can you can send the guy that made the out before the pitcher spot the double switch guy that you replaced your pitcher with yeah i don't get how you there. i don't get how you do that how your other guys don't don't speak up and say something that's the part to me that kind of is disturbing and and why you wouldn't have something in place like that um i i didn't know that was a rule i didn't either didn't either, to be honest with you. I think this runner on second base thing is stupid. But you also have to figure, these guys are professional athletes. They should at least know how to run bases. I don't care who you are. 
I don't care if you're a pitcher, a relief pitcher that comes in for the final, like if you're the closer, if you are the closer and you only come in for the last three outs and that's what you did and you're the guy that's supposed to be up on the bases, you should be able to know how to run the bases. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, if you're going to play by the National League rules and go by, all right, and you do a double switch to where technically the pitcher takes that last out in the batting order where that makes him the, the inning guy, then you know what? You should have to live with that baseball decision, and he's the guy that should have to run. That makes – because you could have easily said, all right, pinch runner, and then take your take your pitcher out of the game if you chose to. Yeah, I so I don't I don't I don't really like that part of the rule any more than I like the ghost runner starting the inning starting the inning with a runner on second base. Yeah, I think all of it's dumb. Okay, and the final thing with baseball this week, man, our favorite guy that we love to hate, Albert Pujols, has been released from the LA Angels. Does Did he, you see this coming at all, Mike? I mean, he hasn't been playing super well over the last 10 years. Especially, or at least he hasn't been playing up to the expectations that you had when you signed him 10 years ago. Do you know what that finger means? One. Sorry, folks. I held up one finger. I got to remember the podcast, people. One. You know what one is over the past 10 years? The amount of times he's made the All-Star game. He's not been playing well. Everybody makes the All-Star game. It's hard not to make the All-Star game at least a couple of times if you are an everyday starter. If you are an everyday starter, you should make the play the All-Star game at least twice in a 10-year span. In some way, shape, or form. We knew this was coming. I mean, he's getting old. I think what they're trying to do is, the hope is, is that St. Louis will sign him for a three-day deal, a one-game deal, dress him one game, and let him uh, let him retire a, a St. Louis Cardinal. Yeah, that, that's what I'd really like to see him do, see happen, too. Get him in, put him in uniform for a game, put him on the active roster, let him have a pinch hit. Let him go out there, tip his cap to the crowd, have his at-bat, and then gracefully announce your retirement after that game. Yeah. After you get that hit or one more home run. Um, I mean, there's a part of me that I was still kind of surprised by the move. I would have thought with with as much as he does on the charitable side for the for the Angels and the fact that they've signed, they've had him on a 10-year deal this long, let him ride out the end of the let him honor the contract and let him stay on the active roster and take what you can get out of him but there's all but i also heard news that he thought he wanted more playing time and that wasn't going to come with the angels but i don't see another team having he can say that he's still got life left and he has good baseball left in his career but i mean i'm just reminded of a quote from uh moneyball where everybody is told in their lifetime, at least some, at some point in their life, that you're no longer going to play baseball anymore. And I think they said, I think the quote was, for some of us, that's at the end of high school. For some of us, it's 20 years into our career. But at one point in time, you're told you're no longer playing baseball anymore. And Thursday, was it? Wednesday or Thursday? That's yeah. when Albert Pools might have found out that he's no longer playing baseball. Yeah, um, sad day. I mean, it's it's kind of sad to see them uh, to see that happen. Um, honestly, uh, I don't I don't want him to come back to St. Louis because for some reason, if he comes back to St. Louis, I know it'll be a game that he plays against the Cubs and he'll have a three home run game because that's what Albert Pujols does against the Cubs. He just destroys Cubs pitching. I don't think he could do it nowadays. But it's Albert Pujols. You never know. Yeah, or he's the guy that comes up in a game, in a pivotal moment and hits a go-ahead home run that yeah. makes the key difference in the ball, in a ball game against the Cubs. Yeah. The hard part is, is that uh, honestly, let's let's 
100% honesty, though, even if St. Louis picked him up and it was a Cubs game and it was a close game, do you think they're going to let him pinch hit? Probably not. Right. It'll be one of their normal everyday guys that gets to pinch hit if they're going to pinch hit for somebody. Uh, he'll he'll be a he would only get in if they're leading night comfortably or well behind. Uh, it's something like that. Um, or so he thinks. Okay. So he thinks he's still got some baseball left in him. Doesn't anybody sign him other than maybe to like a ceremonial one or two day contract? So we can maybe get that one or two more at bats. The hard part is if you sign him, is he willing to play in AAA for a week? For no. two weeks? There's no way he's going down the down to the minors. You gotta no prove you gotta prove to me that you have what it takes to be up here, right? You've been designated for assignment. That means we don't want you anymore. We don't even think you have trade value anymore. Nobody wants you. If you want a chance to make the big leagues, you got to spend a week in in AAA. Otherwise, you're not you're not coming. It's the only way I see it happening, and I don't see him doing it. No, so, neither do I. Um, I, I really do. St. Louis, uh, anybody in the organization, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but if you are, you need to stop what you're doing. Call Albert Pujols' manager. Say, we'll sign him for a a three day a, a, a three game deal. We'll give him five hundred thousand dollars for three games. We'll make sure he's in every one of those games. Something. Let him let him pitch. Or let him let him hit in every one of those games. I don't care. Whatever. That's the only way like you need to do that. Get him on your roster. Let him retire a St. Louis Cardinal because that's what he should he deserves. Anything else on that, uh, or any other baseball stories you want to bring up real quick? Not really with Albert Pools. There's already been Tony La Russa of the White Sox has already said there's there's no room on our roster for for Albert Pujols. That was one of the logical landing spots for him since him and La Russa played together. Um, La Russa they, coached him. La Russa coached him for so many years yeah. in St. Louis. And there's injuries all, yeah. all, all over the White Sox roster. But they've already said there's we're not going to sign him. I mean, that's the right move because they're trying to play for this year. And picking up Albert Pujols doesn't really help you this year. Doesn't really help you at all. So. All right, Mike. So let's go ahead and get on the ice. So yep. uh, I saw you added a story there saying the Caps and Rangers fight. So why don't you go ahead and tell the folks about it, Mike? Did you hear about the fight night, Rich? I did not. Okay. Um, you should click on that link. It'll give you the YouTube video so you can watch the video. Um, the beginning of the game, both the Rangers and the Capitals put in their fourth line. Their fourth okay. line. They drop the puck one second into the mat into the match. The guys are already fighting. Three of their guys, their center and their two wings, start fighting right away. Their defensemen don't. Now why? Okay, let's get into the why of it. Um, the. Um, The Rangers took exception to a dirty hit put on by Tom Wilson, I want to say. Let me look at it. Let me make sure. I want to make sure that. Yeah, Tom Wilson uh, put a pretty nasty, dirty hit on a guy while he was on the ground to the back of the head. Hmm. Got fined $5,000. The New York Rangers weren't happy about it. So they come out, and they start a fight. And, uh, again, it's their fourth line. It's their kind of their enforcer line, their line of guys that you're like, okay, just go fight. Here's the best part. Tom Wilson, 
fined $5,000 by the NHL. Now, that is the highest amount that the, that the CBA would have allowed him to be fined for the penalty unless they do things like, you know, suspend him, which they didn't do. Okay. Um, the New York Rangers fined $250,000. Wow. For the move. Um, it is what prompted. Um, so, folks, if you don't follow us on Twitter, I do ask that you join us over on Twitter. Uh, it's um, join me. Join us over in, in Twitter uh, at uh, we we have balls underscore sticks. Uh, that's our Twitter handle there. Check us out there. Uh, I'm putting up a daily poll, and uh, that's why our one of our. our more recent daily polls. One of our polls this week was, uh, is fighting good for hockey? So, yeah. Check out those polls over there. Check out the polls on our Facebook.com slash fans of balls and sticks. But, uh, yeah. So, just tons of stuff going on with it. Um, old school, like, fighting in ways that is about uh, protecting your guys. So, there you go. Um, moving on from fighting, unless you have anything to say about it. Oh, I got nothing. Okay. Uh, moving on from fighting, we're going to go into uh, playoffs and preview slash guesstimates. So. That's right. So, the, so the Stanley Cup finals are going to be a, just a little bit different this year as – you will start with divisional play. So the first four teams, the top four teams in each division automatically make the playoffs and the first two rounds in the playoffs are getting out of your division. So the first and the fourth seeds in each division playing each other, the two and the three seeds until you have the final four of hockey for hockey. And then the seeds are re all those four teams are reseeded based on the state uh, based on regular season points okay so you won't necessarily have a western conference against an eastern conference or the stanley cup this year which makes it kind of interesting how we do how we could do our uh predictions for this year so let's see what we got right from the postseason from our preseason picks uh so mike it looks like the maple leafs are going to win the north division um Neither of us picked the Leafs to win as we picked the Oilers, the Canucks, and the Jets. Uh, the Jets and the Oilers are going to make the playoffs this year. The Canucks will not be qualifying. Nope. All right, over um, in the Central. In the, the Central, the, the Hurricanes hurricane. are going to win the Central. Uh, I uh, I did predict that the Lightning and the uh, Preds were going to come out of the uh, Central. Uh, and you predicted the Lightning and the Stars. Um, I believe all, well, the Stars may not make the playoffs. And yes. if they make the playoffs, the Preds don't make the playoffs. So uh, the Stars are four four points back with two games left. Um, I thought it was only two. Or two points with two po games left or something like that. But either way, yeah, probably not going to make it, hopefully. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Rich, tell us about the East. All right, the East, the Penguins look to uh, wrap up and be the and are will probably will be the divisional champs, which is that was one of the teams that you picked for the Central along with the Capitals who will also make the playoffs. Uh, my picks were the Islanders who are the number fourth seed, and the Flyers who will not be making the playoffs. Okay, and out in the West, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, which both of us put as teams getting out of the west and then mm -hmm. i picked the wild and the avalanche who are also both making it out of the west along with who else rich i forget who the fourth uh, team was the third the fourth team out west will be the st louis blues okay and then uh our preseason predictions the winner of all of it the Maple Leafs. I picked the Maple Leafs. You picked the Colorado Avalanche. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I still feel fairly confident, and I will give you right now my pre-postseason Stanley Cup is going to be the Maple Leafs. I'm going to stick with the Avalanche. Good call. Rich, who you got coming out of the North? The North, I think the Maple Leafs are going to make it out of the North. That's, I, I agree. Uh, Central? Um, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to go with the Predators as long as they make the playoffs. I think they're going okay. to, and I think they're going to be able to. They'll get hot and in in uh, in um, Nashville. They'll get hot in Nashville. Okay. And so Mike, uh, what's a backup? What what's your backup team? Which will which will switch to if the Predators don't make the playoffs? We'll go with the Lightning. Lightning. Okay, Mike. Who do you like coming out of the East? Oh, I like them Penguins. All right. I'm going to be different from you. I like the Penguins, too, but I'm going to be different a little bit, and I'm going to go with Boston. Boston just seems to play really good postseason hockey, so I'm going to say they turn it on in the playoffs. Rich, obviously we know who you think is coming out of the West because that's who you pick for your Stanley Cup champions. Yes. Do you want to confirm that? Colorado. Colorado Avalanche. Okay. I think the Golden Knights will come out of the West. Um, They just look good this year. So... They got a tough matchup in the first round, but, but I mean, so does so does episode of the Avalanches. Uh, they get to face the Blues. Yeah, gonna be in the first round. Gonna be fun. Look forward to seeing that here soon. And uh, yeah. Um. So. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and go over to the gridiron where we kind of have like a draft story. Yeah. Uh, the draft feel good story, Mike. So I'll let you go first. Okay, Rich. What are the position? What is the one position you've probably never heard of being drafted in the draft? Well, I, we've had kickers and punters before. Yeah. So I would probably say maybe kind of like that long, but like the really special teams guy, the long snapper. The most specialized guy in all of the NFL, the long snapper. So, um, Trevor Fletcher, uh, who played for Alabama this year, um, was got a phone call from Matt Rule out of the Carolina Panthers and said, "You coming or what?" That's that's exactly what he said. And Rule was like, "Sure, we'll we'll see." He thought, "Okay, I'm getting this is the end of the draft. People are letting us know what's going on. Sure, I'll I'll come check you out. I'll figure out where I'm gonna go." That's not what happened. Uh, he told the, he told the coach, "I'm trying to figure that out right now." And the coach said, "No, no, no, no! You 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 don't get it. I'm drafting you. You're coming or what?" <laughs> the Carolina Panthers, with the 222nd pick overall. In the sixth round, take Thomas Fletcher, long snapper, out of Alabama. What a great story. A guy that that didn't think he, like, he thought it was about figuring out where he, places that he could go if he wanted to, ended up getting drafted. Uh, Good on him. Yeah, amazing did not never would have thought that a long snapper would get drafted yeah maybe as mr irrelevant the very last pick in the draft yep but he wasn't even the the panthers last draft pick was he no no uh they had one more pick they had a pick in the seventh i believe so i am going to follow that guy that's going to be my guy this year that i follow so all right so my feel good draft story uh, Nahi Harris, a first-round draft pick. Probably nobody saw him going going past the second round because he's pretty good. But he, it's what he did for the, his community yeah. during the draft, which was having his pre-draft or host watch party at the homeless shelter where he spent many of the nights as a youth as uh, him and his mom struggled with homelessness. I mean, weren't they, while he was growing weren't up. they refugees from Africa? I don't think so. Or who is that? That was another guy. His 
mom was a refugee from Africa or something. But yeah, Nai Nai Harris. Um, yeah, that's that's been one of the feel good stories this year. Um, and I can't blame you for picking that one. I yeah, I think another one was I think the one that you're referring to was uh, I think Kawhi Pai, the guy yes. that the Colts first yep. round pick to where he was, his he had a really great at football and he had a chance to go to a private school and he told his mom just can I go to this private school because that will guarantee me that I'll get to go to college for free if I can play for this team and his mom sacrificed so much so he could so they could afford the tuition at that school to where when he got drafted he told his mommy you're no longer working you can retire now yeah and that was a that was a neat story too yep yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I, man. Um, it's, man, that's so hard. Um, such good, such good stories. So many, I mean, there always are in the draft. Mm-hmm. There's always great stories, so. Um, ready to head in and give our, who, how we did in the Kentucky Derby? Sure. So the Kentucky Derby, your winner was oh, another oh, wait, Bob wait, wait. Baffert. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Let's finish this. We got to go back to the NFL. We forgot to say our overall thoughts on the Bears, but we'll do that in just a second. Bob Baffert. Okay. Bob Baffert horse Medina Spirit, a twelve to one, won the race by getting out front early and never giving up the lead. Uh, my pick of Hot Rod Charlie came in third, and the favorite going into the Derby, Essential Quality finished fourth yeah you know that happens he still got money out of it though yeah right As he, i think only the first only the fur only the the fourth fourth through first through fourth get get a payout yep so um, you said overall thoughts on the bears yeah i i'm happy with it i've come to a place where i'm happy with it i still think it's a little bit of an overpay for our quarterback but, you know, I understand why they did it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah. I think they did good. It's the, it's the first draft where I'm not kind of scratching my head saying, what were they thinking? Yeah. Yeah. They I can... got a wide receiver. Yep. They got a good wide. They got a maybe a good backup running back. They addressed the quarterback position. They got a couple of offensive linemen. Yeah. Good. They addressed all their needs and... For the first time in the Ryan Pace era, they didn't overdraft a tight end. That's true. Man. No, I, I totally agree. I give him an A. Maybe even an I a nine they're in the ninety eighth to ninety ninth percentile, I think. Hmm. Um I'd like it a little bit more if they didn't release their left tackle, Charles Leno in the process so you're 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 using Trayvon Jenkins who you drafted who many thought would be the right tackle now you're gonna kick him over to the left side do and release Leno I think you kind of weakened your offensive line doing that we'll see I mean there's still a bunch of time overall overall I liked it I would definitely still give him an A okay um real quick uh any anybody else in the draft that you want to give a grade to or are you are you good? No, nah, I'm good. Okay. We talked a lot on the draft last week. Yep. Um, All right, so quick hits. quick hits, Mike. We'll let you lead off. You said you're kind of famous. Why, how so, Mike? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm not at all famous, but uh, I was the um, – so outkick the coverage, um, which that's another quick hit that we'll hit on as well. But outkick the coverage uh, asked for – uh, May uh, for May the Fourth for every all their fans to uh, rank the uh, Star Wars, and so I did, and they used mine as the the first, the jump off point for the uh, for the article that they wrote based on it. So, all right, cool. And what and what else about Outkick the coverage, Mike? They uh, they got bought by Fox Sports Media. Okay. So weren't they always airing on Fox anyway? They've always been airing on Fox, but it's um, the difference of ownership. Uh, it is no mm. longer currently owned by wholly owned by Tr- Clay Travis himself. He sold it off to Fox Sports. So um, 
I hope that was a good decision for him. I know financially it will have been. Uh, the, the the worry about it, though, is... Um, You'll no longer have this, creative control. Does this give them the power to take it away from him? Hmm. I hope it doesn't. I think Clay is one of the best voices in uh, in the sports ethos, uh, and I think that OutKick does a great job. But he is known for being saying things that get him in controversial waters with some of those on the other side of the aisle of him, and so I I just hope that it do, that doesn't lead into something that will hurt him in the long run. But we'll see. Time will tell. Okay, Rich, the what do you got? That I'm, you know, the quick hit I'm going to take is uh, Drew Robinson, a uh, journeyman uh, fringe minor leaguer who had a who had a couple cups of coffee with the with the uh, Rangers and the Cardinals, made his way back to organized baseball and is in Triple A after a failed suicide attempt. Wow! During the pandemic, um, I guess if you can read the story on ESPN. And there's a, an E60 um, episode about his um, his life that that led up to his uh, his suicide attempt last year when baseball was shut down. Um, four facial reconstructive surgeries. He lost his right eye, but through training and perseverance, he's back in AAA baseball with the San Francisco Giants. That's, I mean, I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, it's kind of a scary thought. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, good good for him. Um, he's got to find it, – it, it's it's something to keep him waking up every day, which is a good thing. Um, always good to hear. Rich, it also looks like you had something for the Little League World Series. Uh, is it going to happen? It is. Okay. What's it going to look it, like? It's 16 U.S. teams only. Okay. No international teams this year due to uh, troubles getting visa, travel visas for the international teams. So you're only going to see 16 teams down in Williamsport this year, all U.S. squads. Okay. Um, it's ba it's Little League Baseball, always a good thing. Good to have it back, uh, especially in uh, when we haven't seen it in over a year. So... Um, Anything else on the quick hits before we give our final thoughts on the day? No. Okay. Um, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, you you probably have more to say, so I'll let you go last. I'll I let mean, you end it out. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Just uh, it, it's Mother's Day weekend this week, so uh, just happy Mother's Day, uh, to my mom Pam and also uh, mother-in-law Karen. Yeah, I'd like to wish my mom Sue and mother-in-law Teresa a happy Mother's Day. And then a joyous day tomorrow when I get to celebrate Mother's Day with my wife for the first time. Uh, baby, thanks for thanks for supporting us. Thanks for letting us do this show uh, and all the joy that comes with it. Um, she's been a great mom so far, and I look forward to seeing how you how she gets to grow. So happy Mother's Day to my wife. And I want to take a special moment, um, not away from my wife, but alongside my wife, and wish a, a happy Mother's Day to those who are struggling right now, those that are attempting to, to have babies or uh, working towards that end. Um, we want to let you know that we're praying for you and we love you. Um, and that even if you can't biologically have a child, that doesn't mean you're not a mother figure to people. And you still matter. And Rich and I both, I, I will say it on your behalf, Rich, as well. Rich and I both support you and love you and hope that if you're listening to this and you physically can't be a mother, that you know that you're still loved as a mother to somebody. And there are people that look up to you and that truly love you. And uh, it might be a rough, it might, it might feel like a tough day, but you deserve the credit of being that, those, a woman empowered to share her experiences with others so we just we i don't know who that's for but it's for anyone who's listening who
who is, is might be struggling. Uh, we we just we share in your grief at times, and we pray for your uh, for you to be able to 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 fulfill that desire of your heart. So, um, yeah, nicely done, Mike. Thank you. Anything else before we uh, get out of here and uh, roll that outro? You know, Mike, uh, let's go ahead and tell the folks where they can find us. Oh yeah, uh, if they're yeah. Yeah, if you want to get, if you um, want to engage with us more outside of listening just to the podcast, uh, you can always find us over on Facebook at uh, Fans of Balls and Sticks or Balls and Sticks, our yep. regular fan page, as well as on the Twitter at, at uh, Balls underscore Sticks. And Mike, if they're watching us here on Facebook Live and they want to take us on the road with them, where can they find us? Jump on to anywhere where you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, I don't know if we're on iHeartRadio yet. I think they're working on that with Anchor, but I don't know if that's happened yet. But any, most anywhere you get your podcast, you can get it. Um, or check out anchor.com.fm. Um, at all those places, you can find us. Just search Balls and Sticks, the podcast. Uh, look for Rich and Mai's pretty face, uh, acting like we're playing baseball in tuxedos. So uh, with that being said, Rich, you know what it's time for? It's time to roll that outro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa. This is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich.